when the word of the Lord came to him saying, this is Elijah, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So God told him I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. That's, that's his word from the Lord. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives. Now, this lady was a Gentile, okay? As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in the jar. That's all she had. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. Okay, go and make me a small cake first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Now, how's she gonna do that? If she just has a little, a little bit, how's she gonna do that? She's gonna feed him and her and her son. He was believing what God said, that she, was going to fe- that she was going to feed him. That's what God had said, and it didn't matter what she had. He was going to feed him. Uh, For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of the oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, that's what the Lord had said. That's what he's saying to the widow woman that the Lord is saying. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. Why'd she do that? Faith. She believed what he said. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she ate, and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now, you think to yourself, what have you always heard the point of that story was? That she gave all that she had, and because she gave all that she had, then God took care of her too. She gave it to the prophet, so he took care of her. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is she believed what God said, and he did what he said. to a sermon from the river. Join us as we learn to love one another as family, sharing the gospel in all its depth with a spirit of worship and an atmosphere of community. You can watch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, or on our website, but we really hope you'll join us in person in Durant, Oklahoma. As you jump into this message, may God give you ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today. talk to you tonight about the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, if you haven't noticed, it is the only miracle in the, in the Gospels that is mentioned in all four Gospels, besides the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. 
There's no other one, no healing, no other miracle. It's mentioned four times like that one is. So um, if every one of those guys put it in there, I think it's probably got something important in it. Um, I was going to talk to you tonight about uh, Roshka. My, I've got a German Shepherd, two German Shepherds in the house. And uh, somebody told me I look so nice tonight. And I'm like, well, that was Roshka's fault because I, I was dressed in like normal clothes and let her go outside to get a drink. When she came back in, I got dog spitting water all over me. <laughs> so, but I'm going to tell you about Roshka. Roshka is a Czechoslovakian German Shepherd. And the Czechoslovakian are intense. Like, um, they're just like bouncing off the walls. They have to have a job to do. They're a working dog and they have to be worked or they will just drive you nuts. And uh, Roshka can get focused on something. Um, you know, I'm, I'm training her, uh, I'm training her in German, English, and hand signals. So um, I use her ball to train her. She wants the ball all the time. And I can have that ball and give her the commands and she'll do anything for that ball. That's her focus. I can hide it behind my back, I can stick it in my pocket and she knows where that ball is. She'll get on the bed with me and I can hide it under the covers without her knowing that I have that ball and she'll smell it and find it. She loves that ball. But when she gets focused on that ball, um, that's the only thing she's focused on. That's it. You can kick her, you can hit her, the other dogs can run into her. It's like she don't even know what's happening. Her focus is on that ball. That's all she sees. So I'm going to talk about a few stories here in the Bible before I get to the four, uh, feeding of the 5,000 because we kind of tend to use those to kind of back up our what we think is the point of that story. Um, if I asked you, now don't answer out loud, if I asked you what was the focus or the point of the feeding of the 5,000, what, what would you think it was? You know, just to yourself, just think, what is, what is the reason behind that story? Why is it told? What happened? What was so important in it? Okay, uh, I'm gonna tell you, it wasn't the little boy with the bread and fish. And that's what I've heard my whole life, is that is the story. Right there is a little boy, Jesus took that little boy's lunch. Actually, I don't even think it was his lunch. I think it was a disciple's lunch. Um, and fed the 5,000 with it. Okay, uh, one of the stories I'm gonna talk about is the widow and Elijah. And I'm gonna read these to you. It's in 1 Kings 17. Now, this is the one where she had the flour and the oil. Okay. When the word of the Lord came to him saying, this is Elijah, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So God told him I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. That's, that's his word from the Lord. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives. Now, this lady was a Gentile, okay? As the Lord your God lives, 
I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in the jar. That's all she had. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. Okay, go and make me a small cake first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Now, how's she gonna do that? If she just has a little, a little bit, how's she gonna do that? She's gonna feed him and her and her son. He was believing what God said, that she, was going to fe- that she was going to feed him. That's what God had said, and it didn't matter what she had. He was going to feed him. Uh, For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of the oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, that's what the Lord had said. That's what he's saying to the widow woman that the Lord is saying. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. Why'd she do that? Faith. She believed what he said. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she ate, and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now, you think to yourself, what have you always heard the point of that story was? That she gave all that she had, and because she gave all that she had, then God took care of her too. She gave it to the prophet, so he took care of her. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is she believed what God said, and he did what he said. Okay, now, we hear about that widow a lot. Um, There's another widow, just... A few chapters over in Second Kings 4, 1 through 7. Now, I think this woman was Jew. Uh, they say it's probably Obadiah's wife. I don't know, but um, that one was a Gentile. This one's a Jew. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what, do you, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now you put yourself in this widow's position. Her husband's been killed and they're deep in debt, deep in debt. So much so that her two sons, they're coming to take them. Now, put yourself in her position. If you were in debt and they're coming to take your kids, wouldn't you sell every bit of furniture, every pot and pan, everything you have to pay that debt off? You'd do everything possible, right? Well, she had done that. She was at the end of a rope. And all, when she said all she had was a little jar of oil, that's literally all she had, was a little, little jar of oil. He, then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, 
then poured into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Did she do it? She did it. Why? Faith. She believed what he said. So when she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels, who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out? Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. If she had gotten more vessels, would it have kept pouring? Yep. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, give to the prophet and I'll give back to you. Go and sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live off the rest. So when you hear somebody teach about the widow and Elijah and how she gave to the prophet and he, because she did that, God took care of her, we, we tend to make a rule or a law or, you know, out of, out of certain stories that does not fit with this one, does it? What did she have? What was the two, what was the common denominator with the two stories? Faith. The stories are about faith. Because when you believe God, when you believe what he says, your actions line up with it. Okay, we're going to talk about Peter and the boat. It's Luke 5. Luke 5, 1 through 11. So it was. Now, think to yourself, what is the point of this story? What's I've, what have I always thought, what have I always, always been taught is the point of this story? Because I can answer you what it was for me, what I've been taught, is that Peter let him use the boat so God rewarded him or gave back to him and a load of fish came, right? That's not the point of the story. So it was about... As the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the lake of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee. It's all the same, different names for it, same sea. And saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great that was breaking. So they signaled to their partners. Uh, Peter was partners with James and John. They were business partners. And Andrew was Peter's brother. So these guys, before Jesus called them, they all knew each other. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. Okay, I'm going to read another one. It's in the end of John. And I, I had seen this. 
I knew there was something about these two stories that were connected. I had no idea what they were. For a year, I kept asking God, you know, I, I knew there was a connection. I just did not have any clue what it was. And I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to show you the connection. Okay, this is after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and this is the third time that he appeared to him. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. So same sea, same lake. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin. Um, it's chapter 21. It's the last chapter of John. The sons of Zebedee and two others of his, his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going to go with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So he was there, they saw him, but they didn't know that it was him, okay? Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. <laughs> now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other, other disciples came in the little boat. Notice it was a little boat. For they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, uh, dragging the net of fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Where did the fish come from? Where did the bread come from? Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you've just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land. Full, Simon Peter did, by himself. Uh, Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. Now there's a meaning to that number too, and I still hadn't figured that out yet, but there is a meaning there's a reason he put 153 fish in there. I mean, I would have just said a load of fish, <laughs> but he said 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. And then Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, notice in the first story with Peter and the boat, letting Jesus borrow the boat and the fish and the nets, um, they caught a great deal of fish, right? It says a great number of fish. In this one, uh, they caught a great multitude of large fish, 153. So that's the same. In the first story, the boats were sinking when they did. This one, the little boat, didn't sink. The nets were breaking and the first boat this one, the, boat, the nets didn't break. The first one, first story, 
They couldn't contain their catch. They didn't get to keep it because the boats were sinking and the nets were breaking. The second story, they contained the fish and, and they ate it. The first story, Peter was conscious of sin because he said, Lord, get away from me. I'm an evil man. This one, they were conscious of Jesus. You get that? Now, why are these two stories related? What's the connection here? The first one, they were in the old covenant. The nets broke, the boat sank. They couldn't contain the fish, couldn't keep the catch. They were conscious of sin. The second one, they're in the new covenant. You see that? That's the connection. That's the point of the, that's the, point of the story. Now, I'm not saying that you can't um, glean stuff from these stories, but make sure you can back off and get the full picture. Read, when you're reading in your Bible, read what's before it and read what's after it. Read it if it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read all of them. Put them together. Because every one of them says a little bit different. They add a little bit more detail or they leave something out. Put them all together. Then you get the big picture. Okay, the third story I'm going to talk about is Jesus watching the widow woman. It's Luke 21, 1 through 4. And you hear this one preached a lot. Now, when you hear it preached, what's the point of the story? Somebody answer me on this one. You know, he's, he's talking about their hearts. He's comparing her heart to the scribes. She's giving. They're taking her house. It's not about the amounts you put in. It's not about putting all that you have. It's about your heart. If their hearts had been right, their offering would have been just as good. Okay, now I'm going to get to the feeding of the 5,000. This is my little, this is what I was going to put on the board. <laughs> That's a lot to put on the board. Okay, it's in Matthew 14, Mark 6, Luke 9, and John 6. In Matthew, it says that John was beheaded right before this story. In Mark, it says that he had sent out the 12 with power. You know, when he sent them out and they, they went around and two by two and then they come back to him. It says they didn't have time to eat. That's thrown in that one. In Luke 9, it talks about he sent out the 12. And in John, a great multitude followed because uh, they saw him heal the sick. Then it says all of them said that uh, they saw them, he saw the multitude, had compassion on them. He preached to them about the kingdom of God. He taught them and he healed their sick. Uh, in Matthew, the disciples said, send the multitude away to buy food for themselves. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And they said, well, we have five loaves and two fish. In Mark, it says, send the multitude away to buy themselves food. Same thing, you give them something to eat. They answered, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? Now, this isn't a, this isn't a, should we go buy this much food? They had the money to buy the food. 200 denarii is about eight months wages. They had it to buy the food. It wasn't a big, oh my gosh, you expect us to buy 
spend everything we have, they had the money to do it. And Luke, it says no more than five loaves. Well, he said, send, a, send them away. The disciples said, send, send them away to get lodging and provisions. Jesus said, you give them something deep. They said, no more. He said, what do you have? And they said, no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. They did not say, we can't go buy food for all these people. This is all we got. They said, unless we do this. In John, he says to Philip, where shall we buy food that all these may eat? See, they were in a dirt, deserted place. Okay, they went out to be by themselves. He said it to test him because he already knew what he was going to do. Andrew spoke up and said, 200 denarii isn't enough. Here's a lad with five loaves and two fish. Now, I don't even think the lad was, I don't even think it was his food. I think it was the disciples' food because in, twice in Mark and Luke, um, he talks about he sent out the 12, and when they come back, all these people were coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. So they took their lunch, and they went out to a deserted place. I think it was the disciples' lunch. Um, in all four stories, he told them to sit down. Some of them say in groups of hundreds, some of them fifties. Uh, Luke says just in groups of fifties, but they all say to sit down. And every one of them, it talks about him blessing the food or thanking God for the food. Whatever they had, the five loaves and two fish, he thanked God for it. Now, I think it's in John that's mentioned again, that he thanked God because the people, when he left and went across the sea, the people followed him. And they mentioned, it mentions it there, that the people that saw him thank, thank God for the food. That was important. That's mentioned five times. They all say they were eight and filled. 12 basket full of fragments and fish left over. And then in three, in Matthew, Mark, and John, immediately after that, Jesus walks on the water. Now, I'm going to read it to you from Mark, okay? Bear with me on this. This is a little bit long. But I want you to hear the whole thing to see how it, it pans out. Okay. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all the things, both what they had done and what they had taught when they had been sent out to a two by two. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they didn't even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place by, in a boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place. And already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. When he commanded them, 
Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before him. And the two fish, and he divided them among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him on the other side to Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came and the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land, he saw them straining at at rowing for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out for they all saw him or were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and he said to them, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled for they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. So this story is direct. They didn't understand about the loaves. What in the world does the loaves have to do with him walking on the water in the middle of a storm? Now there's something that happened and this is where Peter walked on the water. This, this in Mark, it leaves it out. This is where Peter walked on the water, okay? In uh, Luke 9, 18 through 20. Now there's another place that, I uh, can't remember which one it is, puts this at a different time, but it's right after the feeding of the 4,000. 9:18. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him and he asked them saying, who do the crowd say I am? See, he had just, he had just, he had just fed the 5,000 they come to him. Who do they say I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others say the one, one of the old prophets is risen again. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. Peter was the only one that got out of the boat. I always wondered why it was Peter. Why did Peter get out of the boat? Why not the rest of them? So if you go over to Matthew... when he walks on the water and he gets in the boat and he says, um, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. But Peter said it before that. And Peter's the one that got out of the boat. But he, in several, several of these uh, gospels, he wants to know, who do you say I am? Who do they say I am? Now, I'm not going to tell you that that's the point of the story, but he was very concerned about who people said he was. He wanted to know, what do you believe? And I'm not saying, Lord, help me, I'm not saying don't give, okay? Because, you know, when I was a little girl, my daddy was my hero. I mean, my daddy was a rough, tough cowboy. Um, 
he dipped skull, and he'd carry a skull can in the back of his pocket. <laughs> Dyla knows what I'm talking about. Um, and when you, when you carry a skull can, you get that ring. And I wanted to be just like my daddy. Everything he did, I did. Every, if he walked a certain way, I walked a certain way. Because I looked up to him, I wanted to be like him. So I got an empty skull can, I carried it in my back pocket for weeks to get that skull ring in my back pocket. <laughs> Okay, when you, when you start seeing God as a father, you start spending time with him, you start wanting to be like him. When you start seeing how giving he is, you want to give, okay? So I'm not saying, I'm not taking any of these stories and saying, do not give. God doesn't want you to give. I'm not saying that. He does want you to give because he's a giver, Right? He's always the first to give, always. So um, I'm not gonna tell you what the, the point of that story is. When, when he said they didn't understand about the loaves, I want you to go home and look that up. Read before and after. If you think you know what it is, come and tell, you, tell me. You may have something else that I don't know, you know. Um, Remember when you're reading, you know, when like Roshka, when she's so focused in on that ball, she can't see anything else. And some of us have been in church a long time and been taught some wrong things. And we, we without even knowing it, we focus on that thing. We read over stuff. What I'm saying is don't be so focused. Don't think you know what the story is about. Back off a little bit and get the big picture. See what he's saying. Because I had, and the thing about the scribes and the widow woman, I had never seen that till I was getting this lesson prepared. He told me, go to the, and I stay away from the widow woman with my eyes. <laughs> I didn't understand it. I knew there was something I didn't understand, but when I was reading it, he told me to back up. Listen to him. When you're reading, when you're reading, listen to him. He'll tell you, back up. He's, ha he's had me read verses backwards. Read the last part first and then the first part. And I get it. So when you read your Bible, be led by the Holy Spirit and don't be so focused in on, I already know what that means. I already know what the point of that story is because sometimes you don't. The River is a ministry supported by the generous and faithful financial blessings of those it ministers to, given out of free will and completely uncoerced. We believe that this has always been God's plan for the church. If that's you and you've been blessed by our church, by this podcast, or by our live streams, please consider giving. You can do that by going to theriverdurant.com and pressing the Give button. Donations are done through PayPal, so they're simple and secure. Thank you for helping us share the gospel of grace in Christ Jesus and putting up with my son talking in the background while I'm trying to record this. 